Seth Thessalonians, thank you. A little tongue-tied there. Uh, chapter 2. And um, we'll be talking a little bit about truth. Um, it's a tricky thing in the world today, is it not? The truth, if you're, if you're talking about truth in the world, it's, it's, it's very precarious. And I think that's why it's extra important that we put it in the context, or truth in the context of the Bible. Um, I was reminded of a lesson I learned early on in, in my younger years when um, putting together studies or reports or whatever about keeping the, about the scope of what you're going to be writing about or what you're going to be teaching about. You know, if you pick, pick a subject matter that's too broad, you're going to have just too much information coming at you. If you pick it too narrow, you're not going to have enough resources. Well, when we're talking about the truth and we're talking about the Bible, which category do you think that falls into? For me, I found that it found into the, the former. We, there's a, it, the whole book, the whole book is nothing but truth. So, you know, t- putting my study together for the, you know, the subject matter, I was, um, well, I found myself going down a couple of rabbit holes. I mean, there's just truth after truth after truth after truth. So we've got to kind of narrow it down. So that's what I did. We're going to be talking about truth as it, as it, as it pertains to us and as prior t- prioritizing uh, truth. Um, but before we do all that, before we get inside, let's just go ahead and, and go for a Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you for the opportunity to share your word, Lord. And we just pray that your truth would reign supreme, Lord. Uh, we love you and we praise you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. So, Second uh, Thessalonians 2. Um, Paul's writing the Thessalonians, right? Um, the Thessalonians are going through some trials. They're, they're running into some false teachings. They're, they're getting persecuted. Um, and Paul can't be there with them. And so he's writing them. He's, he's reminding them of the truth. And so that's where we are right now in, in the Bible. Um, well, let's go ahead and go ahead and read uh, 2, 1 through 2. Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. What are we talking about? We're talking about the Lord coming back, Right? Concerning our Lord Jesus Christ, our gathering together to him, we ask you not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled, either by spirit or by word or by letter, as if from us, as though the day of Christ had come. So what's he talking about there? The Thessalonians thought they had, they had missed, that they were in the tribulation. They thought, they had thought that there, there was the, the, uh, the tribulation was upon them, that all the believers were taken up and they were left alone. And, and why is that? Well, if you, if you look at it down in verse 2, if you look at it, um, not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled either by spirit, by word, or by letter. There's three things, there's three falsehoods that they were given concerning this matter. By spirit, there was false prophets saying or making up visions that they were having or, or and and sights that they were seeing people were just making up stuff and telling them they had missed it or by word so people were telling them things that they heard from paul they said paul said this paul said that and paul hadn't said any of that stuff that's why oftentimes in paul's letters he writes he signs off and, you know a lot of the stuff's going to be a courier he's signing off as paul your loved or by letter, as I was just talking about, by letter. So there was a lot of falsehoods getting passed around, and that was one of the things that was troubling the Thessalonians. Not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled. 
That was the state of the Thessalonians. If you look at the, the, the definitions of shaken, troubled emotionally, usually deeply, agitated, moved like a storm or wave of the sea, troubled, disturbed, terrified, to cry out in fear. How is that relevant today? Is there falsehoods being spread around? Is there fear everywhere? There's no shortage of fear. And there's no shortage of falsehoods. There's no shortage of um, my own truth, right? How many times we hear, well, my truth, well, my truth. So it, it becomes the, this, this line of, you know, it, you either you, by faith of whatever you're following, you have to either bite off and eat and consume that truth, that, or you have to, you know, do your due diligence and research it. But these, these people were shaken and troubled, terrified, deeply moved. If we're Christians, what are we, what are, if, what's that doing to us? What's that doing about our, are we, are we showing our faith? Are we losing our hope? We're forgetting, we're forgetting what the, the promises of Jesus had for us. Um, in 1 Thessalonians, Paul already addresses this and explains to them that they should not be shaken by what is happening to them. Not to be shaken what is happening to them. Didn't the Lord go through all this? How many times have we read that Jesus was being persecuted? People were lying about Jesus. People were attacking Jesus. Jesus was crucified. How many times have we talked about we should expect nothing less? Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. Real truth, when you think, you think about all the things that we get into, whether it be um, at the water cooler at, at, at work or if we're, we're on the internet and the social media or, or your phone, still the, the television, you're watching network TV. Those things that are being spat out at us and sometimes that we go turn around and share, does that honor the Lord? Are we honoring the Lord with some of the things that we're sharing? And are we spreading hope with some of those things that we're sharing? So that's just some of the things that we, I just want us to think about. Um, three through four. Let no one deceive you by any means. Let no one deceive you by any means. By any means. Some of the things we were just talking about. False prophecies, false writings, false word, false gossip. You think about just 50 years ago, and if you were... If you were somebody that was sharing the news, you're a newscaster or you're a broadcaster, you're, you're a, a journalist or whatever, you, you had to have a, you know, some sort of accreditation. You, you, were, um, you were maybe um, uh, elderly, you know, elderly statesman, so to speak, and, and, and a trusted news source. Um, you were accountable, right, because everybody knew your name. Think about today. How is that different today? Anybody. Anybody with iPhone, Right? Anybody can spout their truth. People can do it anonymously. Right? There's no accountability. So, verse 3, Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will come unless the falling away comes first, and man of sin, and the man of sin, is revealed the son of perdition. Who are they talking about there? The Antichrist. Who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or what is worshipped so that he sits as God in the temple of God 
showing himself that he is God. Again, Paul says, let no one deceive you, right? The Thessalonians were being deceived left and right, right? This is another reason. This is why Paul, to Paul, the truth was so important to him. He couldn't make it, so, it was so that's why it's so important for him to get his letter, to get his reminder, reminding them of the truth. Um, the Thessalonians were troubled. Are these not troubled times? I, I think I said that again, but it's just not troubled times. It's not just a troubled decade. It's not just a troubled year. We have troubled weeks. I had a rough week. We have a troubled day, right? We have a troubled hour. We, may, we had a troubled time just pulling, into, just pulling across the freeway trying to get into church today. We have troubles, but that can't come against the things that we are promised, right? How quickly we forget about the promises of Jesus Christ. You know, I, was, I was thinking about, I was talking to uh, um, another friend, and we were talking about Peter and the disciples when, they were, when Jesus told them to get in the boat and come to him. And, Jesus, and, and Peter asked if he can come, to, come out to him, and Jesus said yes. And, and Peter got out and started walking across the water, and then he took his eyes off him and looked down, and he fell in. And that's the story usually everybody remembers. Um, but what, we, what they forget about that story what we forget about that story is how long ago did Jesus perform a miracle? Didn't he just feed the 5,000? How quickly they forgot who Jesus was. And the challenge for us is when we're in troubled times, when we're having a troubled day, when we're having a troubled season, some of us have seasons, are we forgetting the greatness, the glory, the hope that we are promised by the Lord? In uh, Ephesians 4.14, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried out with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. Does that apply today? That's applied since the beginning of time. Since the beginning of, since man fell from the Lord's grace, since he sinned, that has been the truth. Don't be carried about with the, every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the kindness, craftiness, and deceitful plotting. When I was a new Christian, uh, just a quick little story. When I, was a, when I was a new Christian, a new believer, um, I was an adult, had children, was in the Marine Corps, um, going to church, um, just on fire for the Lord. And I found, I was fortunate to find, find another believer who was in the same situation I was, I was in, a new believer. We were able to meet up every day at lunch, talk about the Lord, talk about what we've we seen in, um, and, and heard uh, in every service. And we had another coworker come to us and, and start asking questions like, all right, we get an opportunity to share the word, share the truth. Well, he brought like two or three books with him. Only one of them was the Bible. And we knew from his fruit how this person was about to be cautious. Well, some of the things he's, you know, he started asking us some questions, and within a few short minutes, he was already telling us we were going to hell. And in my gut, in my heart, in my heart, who's our heart belong to? If we're Christians, who's our heart belong to? It belongs to the Lord. In my heart, in my gut, I knew it was wrong. But I couldn't say anything about it because... You know, I was not read up on the, on the Bible. And we dismissed him, and we tried to talk to him about it, but, you know, he had these other books that were, had nothing to do with the Bible saying that we are wrong. And um, 
he left, and then I looked over to my friend, and I said, you know what this means? He was like, what's that? we got to go to Bible study. we got to join the, the men's Bible study that's happening on Thursday. I said, you're right. Because how are we going to defend the truth if we're not in the Word? And I, I can't say that I've been uh, uh, following, you know, going to uh, the uh, men's Bible study every week. And I can't say that, you know, I necessarily read the Bible every day. I, I backslide sometimes as far as reading. But if we're going to defend the faith, if we're going to defend the truth, if we're going to be familiar with the truth, we have to be in the truth. The teachers and the, the, the Thessalonians that Paul were writing he was writing to we're dealing with persecution mixed with bad teachings bad doctrine always undermines christian faith hope and love correct correct teaching should have the exact opposite effect or fruit it should give christian faith hope and love that makes sense it doesn't matter what happens what's going on with us in our lives it doesn't matter if they lock the doors right and they put a lock on it are we going to be the people that are going to focus on the bad and the negative when we rattle the doors on the, on the front door? Or are we just going to take our good news that's in our car, our Bible, and walk down the street and go look for somebody to share the, the, the good news with? Where is our focus? Where is our hope? Our hope is not whether or not these doors are locked. It's not in this podium. It's not in our worship, the worship music, excuse me. Our, our hope is that promise that Jesus made to us that he's going to fulfill the good news that he's going to come back and, and bring us all up and to be with him forever, that eternity. And that's the news that we need to be sharing. In 1 Corinthians 14, 29, let two or three prophets speak and let the others judge. That's another, that's another feather in a hat that we got to be in, in, a, in, a, in a Bible. We got to be in a, a Bible study. We got to be in group. We got to be in fellowship. Why is that? You know, we, we, the guys talk, talk about iron sharpens iron, right? Um, I get a little nervous coming up here to, to share the word, not because of my own pride, not because I'm afraid of what people can look at, not because I'm afraid of my mannerisms. I just want to get the truth right. I want to represent the Lord right. And every single one of the guys I know that, that take a turn when they're, when they're sharing from the, the, the gospel, it's the same thing. It's the truth. We, we got to be focused on the truth. First Thessalonians five nineteen through twenty one. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Test all things. Hold fast what is good. The good news. This is this is the, what's missing in the world today. I always it's always what's missing is the Lord. When you look at something that's negative or bad or whatever, it's the Lord's missing. But it's this testing. Let two or three prophets speak. Let the others judge. You can't test. You can't judge anybody. You can't test anybody. You can't ask when you have somebody that's speaking anonymously on the internet. Can you test them? Can you question them? Can you ask them for to provide resources? No. So we just got to be mindful. We got to be discerning with where we get our information. Our information when we're trying to get discernment, we should be going to the Word. We should be going brothers and sisters in Christ. We should be going to the pastor. We should go to other believers that we know are well versed in the Bible. In Romans fifteen four, for whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we through the patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. 
real truth, the teaching of the Bible gives us hope. We'll always have, whenever we, we, we stress, and when I, I'm, I talk to, me and Cassandra talk all the time, and we, it always comes back to what, what kind of fruit is this bearing, right? We stress out about this. We stress out about what they're saying. We stress out about what's being said on the internet. We stress out about what's going on with the president or whatever, but we're forgetting the gifts that we're given. We're forgetting that I get to come in here on Wednesday and learn more about the Bible. I get to come here on Sunday. I have healthy children. They get to be educated how I want them to be educated. I'm feeding my family. I have that eternal promises from Jesus. I'm free to worship the Lord out loud. And Lord willing, I want to be held accountable. I, be, I, I want to be held accountable by the guys in this, in this church right now. When we get done, let me know. <laughs> I want to be held accountable Second Timothy two sixteen through eighteen, but shun profane and idle babblings, for they will increase to more ungodliness, and their message will speed like cancer. Hymenius and Philetius are of this sort, who have strayed concerning the truth, saying that the resurrection is already past, and they overthrow the faith of some. Bad again, bad doctrine destroys faith. When we're talking to non-believers or new believers or somebody that's on the fence, you know, we got to be paying attention to what we're talking about. What's, what's the priority? What truth has a priority? Is it politics? What are you known for in your community? Right? What are you outspoken about? Is it the Lord? What truth represents you? Remember, we, we, I think we've talked about here in the church, Mike's talked about it, but we're often... We're, we're judged on our actions, but not our intentions. I intend to share the word, but I share other things. I share sports. I share gardening, which is great. But, you know, when we're talking to non-believers, we've got to remember what we're sharing. Second Philosians 2.5. Do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things? Here's Paul again. Just, hey, I told you the truth. You need to believe me. I'm sharing the truth. Do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things? The truth and, and how the truth is being delivered means so much to Paul. Uh, when I'm asked to share, to teach the Bible, I, was, I told you that already. When, when, I'm, when I'm asked to share that, the biggest, the number one concern on me is just making sure I get everything right. And whenever I find myself hesitating to share, I, that's the thing I always come back to. Well, then I need to be, if, I, if I'm hesitating, then I'm not confident, then I need to be in the word more. Uh, 6 through 11. And now you know what is restraining that he may be revealed in his own time, for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with breath of his mouth and destroy the brightness of his coming. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan, with all power, signs, lying wonders, and, will, and with all unrighteousness, deception among those who perish, 
because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie. Now, I know I just went through a lot there. It, it's, it's one of the things that always fascinates me about the, the, the word is that it don't matter how many times we read through a chapter, something new can always be found. You could very easily be use, using this chapter right here to talk about end times prophecy. There's so much going on right here. And now, back to six, and now you know what is restraining that he may be revealed in his own time. Who, who's, who's being restrained? Anybody, who's being restrained? The Antichrist, right? The Antichrist. Who can restrain the Antichrist? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit restrains the Antichrist. So when, so when it talks about only he who now restrains him will do so until he is taken out of the way. So the Holy Spirit's going to release him. It's not going to be an accident. Jesus is not going to show up early. Jesus is not going to show up late. Jesus is going to show up precisely when he plans on. That's the truth of the matter. Satan's not in, Satan's not in charge. Satan's not running anything. That's, that's, a, that's another lie. Man's not in charge either. Man can try to speed it up, but I, I know for sure the Lord knows when he's coming. doesn't matter how, how hard we try to change that. When I say we, I'm talking about people of the world. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy the brightness of his coming. The coming of the lawless one is according to the work of Satan, with all power, signs, and lying wonders. Lying wonders. And with all unrighteousness, deception among those who perish, because they do not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. The truth that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them a strong delusion that they should believe the lie. God's not misleading anybody. They've already been, they've already been provided the truth. They've already rejected the truth. He's just simply allowing to believe what they want to believe. I'm sure some of us in here have shared the truth with somebody and they just flat out rejected it. And we just pray that we've, we've sown some seeds that somebody else might be able to, 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 to help bear fruit. But when it comes to this time right here, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie. For the term delusional, right? Believing in something is false. They've already been believing it. They've already rejected the truth. And uh, I keep going back to Timothy because, again, Paul's just writing about this all over the place. 2 Timothy 3, 2 through 8. But mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power having nothing to do with such people. They are the kind who worm their way into homes and gain control of gullible women who are loaded down with sins and are swayed by all kinds of evil desires. 
always learning but never able to come to a knowledge of the truth. Just as Janus and Jambres opposed Moses, so also these teachers oppose truth. They are men of depraved minds who are, as far as the faith is concerned, are rejected. This, and what's written in Timothy is written, what's written about today is what was written about 100 years ago, 200 years ago, 300 years ago. I mean, I felt like I just read the daily news brief from uh, today's paper, news station, whatever. Treacherous, conceited, lovers of pleasure. Lovers of God having a form of godliness but denying its power. What does that mean? Today, or yesterday, excuse me, yesterday, we were talking about academic rigor at my work. Academic rigor. That's something that a lot of schools, private schools, like to use. And uh, this gentleman was sharing with us what academic rigor was and what it was in the tr- Christian school. Um, owning knowledge. Owning the knowledge. What does that mean? Well, using the Christian student, for example, goes through, you know, grown up in the church, went through every, went to every different, the nursery, the children's ministry, the teen ministries, gone through everything, well behaved, recite all the Bible verses, puts all the checks, behaves out in town, not, not a blemish on them. They go out to college, they go out to their lives, and what happens? They, lo- they lost their mind. Why? Because they never actually took ownership of that knowledge that they were given. Go back and read this and think about this. Having a form of godliness but, but, but denying its power. Basically, you're fake Christians. Man. Are we owning the truth? Do we believe the truth? Do you believe that the Lord is coming back? Do you believe he's in charge? Does, do you believe he knows more what's going on than what the politicians and what all the other people that want to say the other side's got fake news or whatever? Who do you believe? Always come back to the word. Always come back to the Lord. 13 through 16. But we are bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren, beloved by the Lord, because God from the beginning chose you for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth. Chooses you and you believe in the truth. To which he called you by our gospel for the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Remembering what you have, regardless of what the troubles you're going through, regardless of how shaken you might be, or how troubled you might be. We're going we're gonna to have troubles. We're going to be shaken. We're going to be troubled. We have to remember the truth. We have to remember the hope that we're given. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which you were taught, whether by word or our epistle. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and our God and Father who has loved us and given us everlasting consolation and good hope by grace, comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. Just like Paul's doing here, church family, we are called to protect the truth. We are called to remind people of the truth. 
the truth of our faith, our hope, the love that's given us. 1 Timothy 14, although I hope to come to you soon, I'm writing you these instructions so that if I am delayed, you will know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household, which is the church of the living God and the pillar and foundation of the truth. Beyond all question, the mystery from which true godliness springs is great. He appeared in the flesh, was vindicated by the Spirit, was seen by angels, was pre was preached among the nations, was believed on in the world, was taken up in glory. That is the truth. I was, I was following um, a, a lesson, and the teacher was talking about Paul's letters dealing with a special problem that the Thessalonians had. I don't think it's such a special problem. It's a problem that we've been constantly struggling with. It's a problem we're struggling with today, and we're going to struggle with tomorrow. We just need to remember the truth. We need to remember what's important. We need not be shaken. We can be shaken, but we need to be reminded. It's coming in here. I got a little anxious. What's the truth? What do I need to do? I need to go to the Lord. I don't need to go anywhere else. I'm not going to go to the YouTube, watch cat videos so I can feel better. I need to go to the Lord. I need to be prayerful. I need to seek after the truth. Last verse I have for you I want to share with you. 1 Corinthians 15, 3-4. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to Scriptures. Are we prioritizing the holy truth? Are we prioritizing the one truth? It needs to be our first importance in our life. We got busy days. I've had a busy day. My wife's had a busy day. Even the kids think they have busy days. But we have to make the word, the living gospel, our first priority. And then pass it on, right? There's a lot of things I want to share. I, want, I, want, I, I like to share funny videos. I like to share news stories, politics. I like to do all of that. It's something I need to work on, though. What's the first thing? You need prayer, brother? If they're not a believer, hey, how's it going? You got a question? I heard a pastor today talk, talk about that. How, how do, when, he, when he's talking, he's not supposed to be necessarily sharing. He was, he was talking about he was pub, teaching at a public school, and so he's not supposed to bring up his faith. But if a student asks him a question, he could answer that question, even if it's about faith. So he would always ask him, you got a question? And that would open, and they, his students learned a rhythm where he could say, yeah, he'd say that, and they would open the floodgates of sharing the truth. And that was at a public school. So we've got we to be agile in sharing our truth in today's world. But we've got to share it nonetheless. The Christian life is all about knowing Christ and making him known. We need to challenge ourselves daily. How can we do that? Make the truth of the Bible and the eternal promises of the Lord the priority. Make the promises that the Lord has given us. Not forgetting the great things that he's done for us. Not letting the things that shake us knock our faith. We need to remind ourselves. We need to remind others. Right? We're not patronizing somebody. We're just reminding you. I'm reminding you what you're promised. All right, so we got about 15 minutes left. We're going to pray, and then um, we'll open up to um, intercessory prayer after that.
Uh, dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your word, Lord. Remind us, Lord, help us to be diligent in our sharing of the word. Um, and to share the word, we have to be studying it, Lord. I'm guilty of it. We're all too guilty of it, Lord. Help us in our knowledge. Give us the words, Lord, like you have here today. Give us the words to share your truth, Lord. Um, give us the strength in these trying times to speak your truth. We love you and we praise you. In your name we pray. Amen.